This is the Working Drummer Podcast, featuring conversations with ground-level pros from all styles and regions. Real drummers with real stories about making a living in music. Hey everyone, welcome to Working Drummer Podcast. I'm Zach Albetta, and this week I'm talking with Davide Dorenzo. He has spent most of his career in Toronto and has toured and recorded with a wide range of artists, including Cassandra Wilson, Shaka Khan, Mariah Carey, Feist, Molly Johnson, Larry Klein, and the Toronto Symphony. Since COVID, he has opted to tour less, focusing more on recording from home and reconnecting with the local Toronto scene. We have tons of Patreon content for you to check out, and you can get access to it all for a buck a month. Go to patreon.com slash working drummer for video lessons, transcriptions, and bonus interview content from our former guests. Once again, a donation of $1 a month gets you access to everything at patreon.com slash working drummer. Davide has a long and impressive resume, and we didn't really talk about any of it. As sometimes happens in an interview, I was ready to go with some topics and some questions, but we quickly veered off in other directions, and I was loving what he had to say about all of them, so we just followed those paths. There's a lot of wisdom and insight here about relationships, musical and otherwise, mental health, life balance, and how social media can help or hurt all of those. Really enjoyed this talk with him. I found his perspective to be a welcome smack upside the head. I think you will too. So here it is, Davide Dorenzo. This ain't Inflation, no chance to increase finance. We have kind of a, a similar setup in our house where my wife's office is above my drum room okay and for the first few months of covid you know she was working remotely doing meetings and conference calls and all that shit i'm teaching lessons and doing sessions on zoom and for the first few months we were really coordinating about when i could play yeah Uh, so you know We'd be like, okay, she, I, I've got to teach a lesson at three. I'm yeah. going to do a session before that. You've got a conference call at one. Yeah. I won't play. So after a few months of this, we're sitting at, you know, we're, we're having our coffee in the morning. And, and I'm like, you know, do you have any calls today? What, like, what's, what's the schedule today? And Christina said, fuck them. Play whenever you want. She said, I am on Zoom meetings with people's screaming kids and people's barking dogs. And I can tell you, I can tell you some stories about COVID and, and all of that stuff as well, man. I think we all have incredible stories, but yeah, I get it. And good honor. So like, how, how did COVID treat you around here? It was awesome. <laughs> um, uh, it was, it was um, quite an education to say the least, you know? Yeah. 
it was beautiful. It had me off the road, and it was also incredibly um, frustrating because I had never been home for that sort of period of time, like you know, months at a time. So it was, it was, you know, much like a lot of touring musicians out there. It was a little bit of a shocker, to say the least. Yeah. Um, uh, but again, it gave me the opportunity to spend time with my family. Um, but there were a lot of different moving parts as well. And, uh, you know, three of our four children were um, online learning. So we had three different computers going at the oh same my time. God. And my wife was doing, for private practice, as a therapist, uh, she was up in our room doing uh, virtual therapy. And so not only was all this stuff going on with the fact that we had at the time a three month old unbelievable um we had to be very quiet <laughs> we had to be very quiet in this household so it was a trip to say the least but uh i'm i'm grateful it happened you know um i was fortunate because i wasn't isolated yeah i, I was yeah. among other humans right uh um you know not only other humans, but my family. You're right. So, so right. Uh, I, I felt lucky. And there were times when things were pretty insane in here as well. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure it, it was just like <laughs> utter, utter chaos. That's at, a good word. At many times. Yeah. I mean, I think with, you know, with four kids under one roof, I think, you know, the, the best of circumstances have utter chaos. Um. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, uh, an education, to say the least. I mean, constantly working on on all of it. You know, uh, how to be a better artist, how to be a better father, how to be a better husband, how to yeah. be a better friend, and so on and so forth. Right? Like, yeah. And so, what did you come out of it with? It was it was an education. Like, what were the what were the lessons that you're still kind of turning to today? Well, I I I, I feel like my relationship with my family specifically has grown, you know? Um, I feel like I've, I've gotten to know them as much as they've gotten to know me, mm -hmm. uh, sort of on a deeper level, you know? You spend more time with anything or with anyone and, and you're gonna get a lot out of those experiences. Um, and in turn, it affects your art as yeah. well. Yeah. It's all related. Um, so again, like, uh, you know, some people call it growing pains. Um, I'm just grateful that I had, uh, that opportunity to get off the hamster wheel for a little while and really focus. I mean, to really focus on being with the family was, was, was something that was very important to me. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. How do you calculate whether or not something is worth it to be away from home yeah. for? That's a great question. Because it's it's something that I'm dealing with now. Like this gig has me away. Yeah. I've been home for seven weeks in the last year. Uh, and it's been, you know, really challenging in a lot of ways, really rewarding in a lot of other ways. Sure. But in terms of, you know, thinking about whether or not I'm gonna do this sort of gig again, mm -hmm. you know, Christina and I are talking like it's it's gotta be worth it. Like this time around was worth it for this experience. Mm -hmm. It's gotta be that kind of worth it again so like what does that look like for you i don't even have kids 
right? That's, <laughs> that's okay. I mean, we all have certain responsibilities, right? And things are fluid. Things keep changing. Uh, I think really, honestly, it depends on what, you know, where you're at in your life. Mm-hmm. And I think that sort of informs um, what you feel you can do and what you feel uh, maybe you won't do. Yeah. Um, um, there's different criteria at different times in your life along, you know, this journey. Um, you know, when I would have said yes to certain things, maybe five or six years ago, I'm uh, bowing out of. I've I've made a little bit of a conscious decision in the last, like especially after COVID, to um, kind of get off the road for a little while, mm-hmm. which has been a real. Uh, mm, ooh. It's been a it's been a very interesting change. The process has not been easy, um, but <clears throat> I'm starting to see the rewards in making that change. Mm-hmm. So again, to answer your question, it really depends on where you're at in your life. I felt like I was a little burnt out, to be honest with you. Yeah. And uh, um, COVID really kind of... Um, was uh, a welcome um, pause button for me. It yeah. was it was really important for me. I know it it you know it's affected people in different ways, uh, but on a personal level, it was it was very much appreciated. Yeah, I mean, it's a common theme among a lot of people we've interviewed. Um, on on the one hand, uh, you know, you you want to like recognize and and not marginalize uh how just how shitty (laughs) lockdown was Mm -hmm. and how shitty covid still is Mm -hmm. um and how it really kneecapped a lot of people some of whom have not recovered yes on the other hand for so many of us it was like you said kind of a welcome break and a chance to just fucking stop and you know reflect and think about stuff and and kind of devise uh a vision of of how you want to move forward yeah, I, I, I think it, it on a personal level as well. I mean, it it really informed uh, how um, important time is, mm-hmm. how we choose to spend it on this planet. Mm-hmm. It's really easy to fall into the default setting of whatever it is that thing that you've historically done uh whether it's a touring act or whatever it might be Uh, um but what i really learned from all of this is okay how you know when or if we come back to some kind of normal um how do i wish to spend my time yeah how do i really wish to spend my time yep what is what is you know what is the who are the musicians for instance or what is the music that i i want to i want to play and you know the criteria is yeah i mean um we all need to make a living so like you know what does it pay sure that's a huge part Mm -hmm. but i think part of the mental health is also like am i like do I like the people that I'm with? Yeah. Um, is the music inspiring me? Is it, is it, um, is it pushing me? Right. Um, 
those kind of questions yeah. keep keep coming to mind. Yeah. And so I made a pact. Essentially, I made a pact with myself during COVID. I had all these thoughts that kept uh, becoming sort of more real, and and I and I and I realized that again when things or if things came back that I was going to follow through mm. and I have mm-hmm. in a lot of ways I have. Yeah. And it's been good. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it's been very positive. I like that. The idea of, of time as a resource. And it reminds me of, um, when, uh, I, I listen to, uh, pod save America, which is like a kind of lefty political podcast. And okay. there's some people it's, it's run by people who worked under Obama. You say pod save America. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. I love it. Um, and they talked about uh, the first presidential campaign in 08 run by David Plouffe. And uh, David Plouffe Im- instilled in the entire campaign our greatest resource, our most valuable resource that we are going to be the most selfish with is time. Because he's like, we can, we can get more money. There's always more donors. We can get more volunteers. We can get more pizza. We can get a, another fucking candidate if we need to. But the time that we give away, like, we will never get back. We have X amount of time between now and the election. So how we spend our time and the time that we give away is what we are going to be most jealous about. Yeah, um, yeah. And that approach, that mentality... Um, has really helped me like you know looking looking at opportunities or responsibilities or or what like that whole calculus of like is this worth it um putting it in terms of time like is this worth me giving away time yeah and and I think it's different for everybody for sure and, and I love this I, I think this is uh it sort of just reinforces what I said as well and um you know I've I think as musicians, I think it's safe to speak on most musicians and artists for that matter, where saying no is just not part of the equation. Yeah. And, and, and I, I've been doing everything I can to sort of turn that around i understand that especially when you're first coming up and again this sort of goes back to what i was saying it depends on where you are in your journey i think it's important to say yes to everything when when you're first starting thing when Mm -hmm. you're you're, you know specifically in music let's just you know uh hang out in this world i i understand the benefits in in and and uh and it's it's what i did and it was incredibly beneficial Mm -hmm. um Saying no is a trip. It's really hard to say no. <laughs> it's really hard to say. And 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 then and then with me on a personal level, it's like there's a guilt thing that happens. So I've had to really do a lot of work in convincing myself that I I wasn't gonna stop the world from turning if I said no. Like it, I wasn't gonna hurt someone's feelings is what I'm trying to get at. Is that, is that where the guilt came from? Oh, absolutely. Where I, yeah, because you like for me, music is all about playing. Music is all about relationships at the end of the day. In my humble opinion, we've said this a thousand and eighteen times on this podcast. Okay. It's it's about the relationships that you cultivate. That's what's motivated me. It makes me get up in the morning to go, I'm still a musician and I want to do this. And I (laughs) love this as much as I did when I first, picked up a pair of sticks or you know sat at a piano or whatever it is you know um 
and I think it's okay. I think saying no is incredibly empowering. And um, that realizing that everything is going to be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, this like this is the stuff that I kind of went through. Like the process of saying no, you just never said no. You took everything that came. So again, it's a process. Yeah. And it's got to be authentic to you. So, you know, who's ever listening that's 20 years old, that's just coming out of college, you know, I'm not saying to you, say no. Uh, you know, <laughs> um, uh, it's, it, you know, it's just where sort of I'm at, you know, in this journey. Right. And even for younger people, I think, you know, I, I did the same thing when I was in my 20s. Just say yes to everything, get mm. the experience, make yeah. the money. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, I don't know. I'm 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 trying to encourage more younger people to like if if you if you say yes to everything um there's a couple of risks. There's there's burnout, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and there's also uh this idea that it's it's very easy to become a jack of all trades and a master of none. Hello. Um and you know, it happened we were talking before we turned the mics on about how you know, there comes a certain point when you're like, what, what is my identity as a musician? What do I give a shit about? Yeah. And, and I think, you know, playing, playing every gig that comes your way can lead you down this path where you kind of wake up one day and you're like, wow, I don't really know who I am yeah. behind the drums. I know what I can do. I have this skill set and I'm versatile and I'm, I'm, uh, you know, marketable and hireable. But like when it comes to, like you said, the reason I get up in the morning, like, what do I want to really sound like? Um, it's easy to find yourself in that place. So when it comes to talking to young people, um, I, you know, like, like you said, I'm not saying just say no. Um, but you know, I, 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 it's never too early to, um, start thinking about that and be a little bit judicious and intentional with your path and, and what the, you know, what path the gigs you're saying yes to are are leading you down. I agree. I agree. I mean, I think it's interesting, you know, when I think about some artists that I came up with, um, there were few, few of them, but they existed that had their path already kind of somewhat established. Um, they, they kind of knew what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And, and, I wouldn't say I was envious of them. I think it was just, that's just the way it was. I came up with this idea that versatility was important. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, it's funny, the generation ahead of me, there were more specialists. So when I, you know, people that were, you know, musicians that were, you know, 15, 20 years older than me, um, focused on, bebop or focused mm-hmm. on jazz in general they were the jazz musicians in town right um and then there were the rock musicians and there were the r&b solo musicians and then there were the the, the latin you know musicians yeah, whatever yeah. um so my generation my generation when i was coming up it was more encouraged to experience different styles and man has it ever been beneficial to me on so many levels yeah however it kind of comes back to what we're talking about now um in that it's you almost again here comes the guilt factor it's like 
oh geez, you know, like uh, it becomes somewhat of a selfish thing in a lot of ways where you, you, you kind of have to look at yourself in the mirror and go, wait a second, like what is it that you want to do? Mm-hmm. Who are you? You have something to share on this planet. What you do is like, is, is, is incredibly unique mm-hmm. because you are your own person. Mm-hmm. Let's tap into that. So how do you, how do you balance that? Like you talk about the guilt factor. There's, you know, there's this <laughs> desire. I'm, I'm a unique musician. I have a voice. I want to cultivate it. I, I have, you know, I want to discover what I have to offer and, and offer it. Um, I think the, the, the guilt factor, it also has to do with, you know, I've got responsibilities, <laughs> uh, to work, yeah. um, you know, and, and maybe that responsibility is in the form of, you know, being partnered with someone like I am or having kids like you do, or even just, you know, the, the responsibility that ambition puts on us. Um, so I, I think it, you know, it's, it, it's really, it's not in our DNA to say no, uh, because it feels selfish and it feels self-indulgent. Um, and on, on the other hand, if you have a support system to say no, especially coming out of COVID, like Christina was great about like, cause she knew what I was going through and she was like, you know, do your thing. If you don't want to do a gig, don't fucking do it. I'm kind of miserable in my job. I don't want you to be miserable in yours too. Um, So I was fortunate and privileged that I had kind of the support Mm -hmm. to be able to say no. Mm -hmm. And it got addictive. Like Mm -hmm. I, like you said, saying no is empowering and it started to feel really good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, we, we, we talk about, okay, so let's, let's go back for a quick second. You mentioned that you had support as well. And, my wife was also working. Um, so yeah, it's easy for me to say, oh, I was just saying no. Um, we, we'd be having a different conversation, but this again, all ties into what I was saying earlier. It depends on where you are in your life. Mm-hmm. And I was, I happened to be in this privileged situation. Yeah. Uh, so grateful to her yeah. for sure. Um, but going back to what you just said, there is this thing that we say the law of diminishing returns. Mm-hmm. And I started to realize very quickly, and I spoke about burnout. I mean, you know, I would be going, and this was going on for years. Like I would be, I would be doing, hmm, be doing a, a certain kind of gig that required a lot of, attention with regards to arrangements and writing you know charts out Mm -hmm. uh and and then the following day i would be doing a recording session with someone that sort of required a a little bit of a different kind of mindset and then that night i'd be playing in a rock kind of situation that required a good it was uh, it, not only exhausting, but I felt like I was cheating everybody <laughs> and mainly cheating myself. Mm-hmm. And inevitably I'd find myself at the end of the night. And I, we all know what this feels like where you're so wired at the end of the night after you've finished playing 
at least I, I shouldn't speak on everyone's behalf. I know that's what I'm like. It takes me about three hours on average to wind down. Mm-hmm. So um, there's a lot of there, a lot of thoughts go through my mind. Yeah, and it got to a point where I was almost embarrassed. You know, I'd feel embarrassed because I felt like I wasn't giving the artists that I was working with or whatever kind of situation that I was in, um, the attention that it deserved, Mm -hmm. the love and care and in the moment attention that it deserved. And again, most importantly, I felt like I was cheating myself and that ain't no way to party. (laughs) Really? You know, I, I, I felt like I, I felt like I needed to do some tweaking. And when you say cheating yourself, do you mean um, sort of cheating yourself out of, like because of how distracted you were, because of how all over the place you were, you were cheating yourself out of like the full experience and yeah. the, the fulfillment that from, you know, whatever you were involved in. Well, I, I wasn't, I wasn't outputting my best self. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, yeah. you know, the greatest experiences on a personal level, again, that I've ever had is when I'm in a situation like you and I are in right now. We are focused on each other. We are listening. We are expressing. We are in the moment. Music is the same. Being in a relationship is the same. When I look at, when I come down to my children, I'm at their level and I ask them how their day is and they're communicating with me. We are having a moment. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm being enriched in ways that, you know, you talk about, um, uh, I can't remember the word you used. Um, it's infectious. It's infectious and it's addictive. It's addictive. Yeah. That's the word. That's the word. It's addictive. Yeah. And, and so, you know, once you see it, you can't unsee it. Mm-hmm. And music is the same. Yeah. My most memorable, most beautiful moments, whether it's in the studio or alive, is when I'm present. Mm-hmm. I'm really present. Yeah. And that's what I felt like was slipping. It was slipping. Yep. And I and I and I was like, I, and that's not the way. Like, forget about how anyone else would perceive it. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you would drive yourself absolutely crazy if, if, if you were concerned about what Joe or Sally thought. You know, right. about, about whether they thought you were phoning it in or 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 not. You know. Yeah. You know. Um whether you're there or not. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm most interested in more than anything in this journey as a human being, you know? And I'm, I'm finding, um, that being present, whether it's behind the drums or, you know, with the people you love, um, it takes, it takes effort. Um, and it, it takes effort not only in the moment, to resist distraction or resist avoidance or you know whatever it is but it also takes effort in advance like you have to sort of set yourself up to succeed and and um prepare yourself i well again i'm speaking for everybody i'm just going to speak for myself sure uh i have to prepare myself to be present and that means as as an introvert that means 
you know, taking time alone before and or after <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, I have to be present, whether it's musically or personally. Um, so like you said, it's, it, you know, it, it, everybody is in a different place as long as you're aware and honest with yourself about that place and knowing what you have to do to be successful, uh, you know, again, whether it's at the drums or in, in your relationships. Um, but yeah, that, that idea of being present, um, is kind of front and center <laughs> in my life right now. Amen. Amen. Well, you talk about distractions, Zach. You know, I'm going to sound like that guy. When I was coming up, <laughs> you know, a cell phone didn't exist. Yeah. Um, it is really difficult to, to connect. Uh, I think that's one of the biggest problems that humanity is 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 dealing with you mm -hmm. know um struggling with and it's no wonder that we're dealing with all the crap that's going on in the world yeah we don't know how to communicate anymore we don't know how to be present with each other we don't know how to be patient with each other mm -hmm. we don't know how to listen yeah and and it's caused a lot of problems mm-hmm and now you say that it's difficult and yes it is difficult i i can i can appreciate what you're saying more now than than ever because of this thing yeah i'm showing my cell phone <laughs> my, my my smartphone quote unquote so glad this coal is just skin deep an extra blanket To keep the nighttime filled with sleep. So glad this cold is just skin deep. And I won't see your name under the tree. Well, this brings me to something else I wanted sure. to talk to you about, which is that you you don't have much of an online presence. No, uh, and and actually getting a hold of you was a little bit tricky because first of all, we should shout out Matt Starr. He's the reason we're here. Thank you, Matt. Um, and, but you know, Matt had to do a little digging. I was like, who who should I talk to in Toronto? And he was yeah. like, oh, this guy Davide. Like, well, mm -hmm. let me find his number. He's not on social media. Um, so like, no personal website for you. No social media. Mm -hmm. Um. And so I'm, I was going to ask why, but I'm starting to understand. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what, Zach, um, this, it's funny, this comes up a lot. Mm -hmm. I, I've had conversations with artists that I've been with that have actually gotten upset and said, what's the matter with you? You're, you're denying yourself of these potential opportunities. Um, at the end of the day, to each their own. Mm -hmm. I can sit here and, you know, tell you why. Um, but at the end of the day, really, honestly, it's just always been a personal preference. I feel, you know, with social media, again, see, I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about social media, but I've never been on it. 
So who am I to actually even have an opinion about it? Right. I don't, I don't really have an opinion about it because I'm not, I don't even, I can only, I hear about things. I hear that people say, oh, I, I got five likes or I got six and I, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck that means. <laughs> actually, I don't know what that means. What does that mean? Yeah. Um, I, thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, you've been defriended is that the word no unfriended 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 <laughs> what the fuck does that mean really yeah what the fuck does that mean you have you have a problem with me and you're gonna you're gonna we're gonna have this uh dispute online where everybody can sort of see what's happening are you kidding me yeah like sorry that's as far as i'm gonna go i won't go any f- further with it right i will say this it has been a choice it has not affected how i play music yeah it has not affected me in the sense like i wish i could be working more or i wish i could be working less i wish i could be working with this person in the uk or i wish i could be working with this person next door it has nothing to do with anything again it's a personal preference at the end of the day i love music as much as i i did when i again the first day i i i discovered it Mm -hmm. you know um and my goal in this life or whatever the thing that turns me on most is having these moments that are incredibly enriching educational inspirational Mm -hmm. and real yeah that's all i can say yeah about that yeah yeah um it's never it's never uh been a goal for me or a priority, let's just say. It's never been a priority to have online presence. Yeah. Um, my presence happens when I'm on stage play, playing with people. And those experiences happen. And then I move on. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I'm, I'm just realizing sort of what an oxymoron the phrase online presence is. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we were talking about being present on the drums or with your kids or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I, I can definitely say in my case, my online presence has uh, detracted from my real life presence. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Yeah. yeah. I mean, because I'm, I'm active on social media um, and I'm, you know, I think moderately addicted to it. Yeah. Uh, like most people these days. Um, That's what it's supposed to do. Right. Of course. Like, and it's a free product. And if like, if you're, if you're using a product for free, then you are the product. Like, <laughs> and there's this cognitive dissonance because I know this intellectually. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's taking time away from, you know, r- real experiences in the real world with real people. Um, but, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the dopamine is, taken hold (laughs) well the reality too is is that it's it it is the new normal and the thing is if you want to get your art out there and your your and your presence and all that kind of stuff like i i get it i totally get it but again i'm going to start talking about this and 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 it's sorry it's like it's like me trying to explain how rockets get up into outer space i don't fucking know like i i don't know how it happens and i 
Right. Well, I just have an opinion. Right? You're old enough, and and I'm really old enough that we we had the choice to do social media or not, and I opted to do it, and you opted not to. Um, but I think for for younger the younger generation, like it, it does not occur to them mm-hmm. not to be on social media and not to try to use it to their advantage professionally and creatively. And some people do to great effect. Um, but uh, just the fact that you haven't, um, like you're, you're the unicorn these days. You are the exception uh, uh, to the rule. You are someone who has little to no online presence and is still commanding a busy and successful career. So it can be done. <laughs> I, I think it can be done. And I, I, you know, I've always been attracted to, you know, if they go high, I go low. Mm. I've, I've always been attracted to that kind of headspace. Mm-hmm. I've n- never I always thought it was sus again I always thought it was suspect when you would see the majority of people doing this kind of thing it would always kind of made me go well, wait a second why are they doing it because everybody else is doing it mm-hmm. is that because that's unattractive to me mm-hmm. and and not only that but it's it begs the question well, how do I want to show up in this world right am I Am I on Instagram because everybody else is on Instagram or because Instagram says that you need to be on Instagram in order to be blah, blah, or TikTok in order to blah, 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 blah. Right. Like, no, I don't need, like, nobody's holding a gun to my head. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's interesting how many people, and I mean this, you know, people, it, it's true. It comes up all the time. It's like, you're not on social media. Mm-hmm. No. I was trying to, you know. Uh, are we friends on Facebook? Right. I was I'm trying like, to tag you. Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, we're friends now though. <laughs> you, you know, we're friends now. Right. Um, real friends. Right. In fact, you know, and I won't unfriend you or, right. or defriend you. Unfriend. Um, no, we'll be friends for life. You and I, you got good vibe. Um, I don't know what I was going to, Oh, you know, the, the line co- constantly comes up. It's like, well, you're really smart. You're really smart. No, that's really smart. Oh, okay. Uh, I, you know, I've just, I've been on social media for all these years and I, and I can't, I can't get off now because I'm, well, what, why, what, like what's stopping you from not doing, if you're not enjoying it, if it's, you know, I understand that if, if, if it does have benefits and it does work for you in, this capacity good on you Mm -hmm. now i don't know why people are just saying that because maybe they feel bad for me or (laughs) no i think they they feel bad for themselves i think everybody like a lot of people who are on social media i think have the same experience i do which is that there is something enjoyable about this that like my brain is getting something it's 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 getting a hit of something i get it and and once in a while, there's something like truly substantive that comes from it, whether it's something you come across in your feed or an interaction you have like it's it's not all dog shit, but it's mostly dog shit. And we know that. And I think when people say you're you're smart not to be on social media, um, they're, they're saying that because they know that your 
ecosystem is free of the dog shit that has, has invaded theirs. Well, it, it's interesting because when it first sort of came to be social media as we know it today, when it was first starting, it was just kind of a choice where I was like, no, nah, I don't want to subscribe to that. I don't know what that is. I did, you know, it was kind of like, I wasn't sure what it was. And it became this huge thing. Mm -hmm. Now I'll tell you this. I think we'd be having a completely different conversation if I did say, hmm, that is interesting. Well, Facebook, it connects people from high school. Like you get to kind of reconnect with people that you haven't, because Facebook is completely pivoted on so many levels, right? Yeah. Like Facebook was not what Facebook was you know, initially intended. Right. I mean, as we know, it was, wasn't it like sort of a, not a dating site, but it was kind of like a kind of who you think is hot and who you think is not kind yeah. of vibe. Isn't that what it was at first? Yeah. It, it, had, that's how it, it had started. Problematic roots. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 and it's had quite the journey as we all know. Yeah. Um, yeah. The branches are problematic as well. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, again, uh, you're talking about a guy that knows nothing about rockets um, <laughs> um well and people say you're smart not to be in it on it as if it was a really calculated choice on your part which i don't think it was no it it, it was just like you're it, it wasn't a choice you were just like it doesn't feel good to me i'm just not yeah no I, who would have predicted who would have predicted back then that social media was going to like you know facebook was going to turn out to be what it is today right um um i just felt like you know, you, you, you mentioned that you're an introvert. I mean, in a lot of ways, I feel like I'm a little bit of an introvert. I mean, when I'm out there performing and I'm I'm out in sort of social settings, sure, like I'm, I'm you know, I love being around people, but I also love turning off the tap every now and then. Yeah. You know, I think it's really great for my mental health. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it sort of goes back to you know what we were talking about I mean, it's how you decided how you choose to to utilize your time in a day yeah so if you're constantly checking your phone to see if people like you or not <laughs> i don't fucking know i mean but i mean <laughs> I've like never, how about like i've never heard it described that way and it's just it it lays bare what social media is you're checking your phone to see if people like you or not well like... it's it's kind of true and like how many selfies are you gonna how many selfies can one take yeah you know yeah. this is me with wayne shorter this is me with barney big nuts this is me with you know stevie wonder it's stevie always stevie wonder yeah, sure this is me with stevie good for you yeah. i mean i don't if that's making you feel good that's great but how do you really feel? And and how are, how are you actually spending your time? Is that mm -hmm. what you're doing? Is that what you're really doing? And if that's if that floats your boat, that's great. That's not how I choose to spend my time. I'd rather take some piano lessons. I mean, I'd rather spend some time with my kids throwing a baseball around yeah. with them. Yeah. I'd rather um, you know, uh get things wrong in my relationship. Uh, <laughs> you know, and 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 instead of looking at my phone and going, "Well, what was that, honey? What what what?" Right. I, you know, you know, those are those are maybe some of the reasons why maybe I'm not on it. Yeah, yeah, and I mean it's <laughs> it's sort of inspiring me to uh, uh, you know take a break. Um, a, a drummer friend of mine who's on the Beetlejuice tour, re like he was off Instagram for a long time, and I was kind of wondering if something happened to him. Yeah, uh, and after a couple months, he just kind of got back on and posted like I I took a break. It was great. I recommend it. 
uh, and mm-hmm. you know, ultimately he came back, which most people do. But um, but yeah, it's like it's like doing Dry January or something, or doing the whole thirty. Like if you just sort of detox your ecosystem from what social media is feeding you all the time, mm-hmm. um, I think. I'm, I think I'm going to do it, man. <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean. You know, again, to each their own, Zach. And there's like, I'm not, uh, you know, it might sound like I'm I'm bashing here. Like, I really do understand the benefit. I do. Yeah, I yeah. Can, I can appreciate what the benefits could be. Well, it's like we were talking about L.A. earlier. Like, it is so easy to just shit on L.A. because there's so much to hate about it. But there's really a lot to love about it as well. And I, I loved a lot, a lot about living there. I learned a lot when I was there. Yeah, too. and some people thrive in L.A. Some people get to L.A. and they're like, "This place is my blood type," yep. and yep. you know, more power to them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when it comes to social media, like there, there's there's so many benefits, professional, creative, whatever. But uh, you know, it it comes back to what you were saying about knowing where you're at. And knowing your proclivities and your tendencies and, and just, you know, being vigilant about how it's affecting you and how much space it's taken up in your life. Well, yeah, like, is it, is it, yeah, is it overtaking your time? Like, like your precious time? Yeah. Like, like, like how much are you actually giving to it as opposed to asking yourself, if you're giving yourself enough and the people around your loved ones enough. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I see it all the time, man. I, this is, this is the thing that killed me when smartphones started coming out. We, you know, we'd be doing recording sessions and we'd be listening to the track, right? Like mm-hmm. there'd be the artist, the producer would be there. We'd be listening to the track and I'd look around and I'd look around the, the musicians in the room. They're all on their fucking phones. Yeah. And I'm, guys, we're, we're in a session. We're we're actually listening. We're listening to this tune. What you're checking your you're checking your email? Like yeah. what, for real. Yeah. Like talk about not being present. Right. That's to me, that's where that's where the danger that that's where it can get really ugly, I think, you know? Yeah. Very detrimental. Well, it's it's a microcosm of of what we're talking about is like this, you know, the the fake world that's inside your phone is taking up your time and attention to the detriment of the real world that you're actually fucking in. Oh yeah. And sometimes there's, you know, little or no consequences for that, but um you know, other times there there are. And imagine if, you know, th- think about listening to a song, you know, with your eyes closed versus letting that song go by while you're just looking at your phone. Oh um, man, oh you know. man, oh man. <laughs> Oh man, I can I can I can give you so many examples of just I mean I know I keep going back to my children but sometimes you know there I I'm inevitably texting and I think well I got to text this right now yeah, because yeah. this person just texted me and they need to know if I'm available for a gig in April. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And 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 it's and my children like my my child is we're not in April. We're in December. Yeah. And he's asking me uh, something. Right. <laughs> he's, he's, he, whatever that might be, he's needing my attention. And I kind of give him the, uh, the wait finger. Just give me one second. I'm just, let me, just let me just, and my thumbs are going, yep. you know, uh, a mile a minute. I mean, this is absurd. Yeah. It's actually absurd. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
and like it's it's just a like you you can you can do both it's not like you have to put your phone down for the rest of the day and be present with your son it's just a matter of not trying to do both at the same time Mm -hmm. um even if it's like i'm i'm going to spend 10 seconds dealing with whatever the person in front of me needs i'm going to put my phone down deal with that be present for that and when that is done in 10 seconds I will be fully present in sending this text and yes. dealing with that person. Yeah. Um, but so often we just we try to do we try to do it all at the same time. We try to look at our email when we're listening to a song we're about to record. Like <laughs> Oh man. Um Yeah. So this I'm I'm glad we're talking about this because you I think you're um you're you're giving everybody a, a good lesson and like without without imposing your set of priorities on everybody else mm-hmm. i think you're um exemplifying just a, a good lesson in being present like you don't have to abstain from social media entirely no, but but no. um just uh be be judicious and be intentional and be present with how and when you use it versus how and when you participate in in the real world the the benefits are plentiful the mm-hmm. benefits are huge if we can be more present with each other i mean zach it's been proven (laughs) you know what i mean yeah um yeah that would be my sort of dream you know on this planet yeah for us to learn to be more present with each other because i don't think we'd have the conflicts that we we have today Mm mm-hmm I'm not saying that that is the answer of all answers, right. but I think it's a fucking start. I told a little lie or two when I spoke to you on the phone the other night. What's a girl supposed to do when the bitter truth turns into a sweeter lie? Are you in the middle of this little thing with the Toronto Symphony, or did you just finish it? Just finished it. Yeah. Okay, and that was yeah. like a holiday uh, it was. pops situation? It, well, it was. It was with a, an artist that I've been working with for the last 25 years. Her name is Molly Johnson. Okay. Fantastic um, singer, songwriter, um, philanthropist, uh, incredible uh, uh visionary and uh decorated in this country as well she, mm-hmm. she holds the order of canada and uh um uh, she's pretty awesome yeah so this was our first uh foray uh working with the tso I, i've worked with the tso in the past but not with molly and so um it was an opportunity to um sort of play these arrangements that we'd never heard before and these are tunes that we've co-written as well in previous records, especially in the last sort of holiday season record that she uh, released uh, two years ago, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was the last four days. And um, yeah, it's, it's been a, it's it's pretty interesting. It seems like every week there seems to be something different going on um, creatively, musically and stuff. So I feel very, very, very lucky that way for sure. And you've been able to, uh, you know, de-emphasize the road and just stay home in town more. 
yeah, it's been it's been a um, it's you know you talk about addictive. Yeah, I mean, uh, traveling these days, as we all know, is not what it once was. Yeah, it's, it's actually quite stressful. Even if you have the perks, like uh, you know your uh, certain certain miles and your your um, you know your platinum status, right. and uh, your you don't TSA have to wait. Pre-check and your all of that yeah, stuff, yeah. all of that stuff, and I and I and I know all about it. Um, um, I think traveling is just not again what it once was, and uh, not to say that I will never do it again, but um, it's it's harder it's given, than it used to be. It's just it's it, heavier than it used to be. Exactly, and 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 I think going back to what you were asking, you know, um, talking about being more present is sort of maybe the theme of this whole uh, conversation is that it's given me an opportunity to reconnect with Toronto again. Uh, yeah. Toronto, as a, as the city that I've been living in for the last 31 years. Right. Um, when I, you know, when I first came here, I was a student at the University of Toronto. Uh, and I I felt like I really uh, immersed myself in, in, in into the community and I, and I got to know a lot of different uh, musicians uh, coming from all different uh, places, uh, you know, uh, genre in, in the world of genres. But um, uh, what happens is you develop a community. Yeah. And then what ended up happening was that, you know, I started going on the road and that that became addictive. And it was really, really great. And again, I, I, I definitely want to get back out there again. Mm-hmm. But uh, right now, I'm happy to be home. But what being on the road did was that it disconnected me with the community. Yeah. Uh, and people just assumed that I was always away. Right. So in the last you know few years, thankfully, you know, again, thanking uh, Mr. COVID, <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. COVID, um, <laughs> You know, it gave me an opportunity to uh, sort of recalibrate and go, oh, I live in this really amazing city with a a lot of incredible artists that are coming from all over the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want to I want to reconnect with them. So, yes, I've I've been as busy being at home as being on the road and I get to tuck my kids not well not every night but I get to I get to walk to school with them every morning I get to make them breakfast and their lunches and we have a moment to be together every day I'm not waking up in a different hotel again to all the incredible musicians all you beautiful drummers out there if you're listening (laughs) um that that are doing that I get it and keep doing it it's awesome it all depends on where you're at in your life and yeah. this is where I'm at yeah. and I and I'm loving it I feel, feel really lucky to be uh that I've you know followed through and it's 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 shown its benefits for sure yeah yeah so I've been in Toronto almost two weeks now really digging it yeah amazing food yeah uh, I, I wish we saw the sun a little bit more often lately but uh, you I know get it <laughs> It's the time of year, man. It is the, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but it, 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 Toronto strikes me as New York light. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I, I don't know the population. Um, I, you know, I know it's not as big as New York, but, um, growing exponentially on a monthly basis. It's yeah, crazy how yeah. many people are moving here. Yeah. But when you talk about like reconnecting with the city and the scene, um, I don't know. Toronto seems too 
big to sort of be known for any one thing or to, to have a, you know, do you, do you feel like it has a, a creative or artistic musical identity or is it more like New York where it's just kind of anything and everything you can find it? That. Okay. It's that. Much like the food here. Yeah. I think the food... Uh, informs uh the art uh, the uh, art of art is food uh, yeah. and 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 you know uh vice versa you're speaking to an italian here so um, you are also speaking to an italian kidding yeah what's your i don't even know your last name albetta <laughs> oh, i love it oh man <laughs> and I'm heavy, into, I'm heavy into cooking like i you know people who listen to this podcast are sick of all my cooking analogies oh come on i love it <laughs> bring it on i can't believe we haven't even discussed this um but yeah like I, oh, that's I, amazing I, what what you're saying about you know the 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 food culture of a place and the music culture of a place really uh are it, usually in parallel yeah connect they're connected for sure they're yeah. connected or in parallel sure um yeah, and I think that's what Toronto is. I mean, uh, um, you'll find, you know, some of the best Thai cuisines in the world here. Yeah, you'll you'll find I found some, some of the some best already. Italian, yeah, Italian <laughs> cuisines, Vietnamese. Um, just like you'll find some of the the best Cuban music in the world. Uh, Really, for real, you yeah. know. Um, so you talk about like coming up here and saying yes to every single gig. You know, I'm I'm sure there was a period when you were doing a, a salsa gig one night and a swing dance gig the next night, mm-hmm. and a you know, the list goes on. Yeah. When you talk about reconnecting with Toronto and kind of reinvesting with it, like, what were some of the little sub scenes, or who were some of the people around here that you looked at and you're like, that's that's where I want to go back to. You know, I, I, I've been sort of reconnecting with bars again, you know, <laughs> yeah. because that's how I that's how I kind of started. I started playing small clubs mm-hmm. and there's a real intimacy to that. And it and it sort of it's almost like coming home. Yeah. It's like a, it's like sort of a homecoming. Mm-hmm. And and um, trust me, I love playing in front of large audiences, too. And, you know, big venue. It's great. It's fun. I, 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 I love the buzz. But um what I love about playing in clubs is that I get to speak to the patrons, to the people that are hanging out. So mm-hmm. like in between, you know, like you're playing two sets or three sets and in between sets, I'll just like, you know, I'll notice somebody maybe checking, uh, having a, whatever, getting up and dancing or reacting to the music. And I'm like, I'm going to talk to that person. Yeah. And I get to know them. And I, again, it's connecting, right? Again, this is like, again, the theme here is, yeah is reconnecting and connecting Mm -hmm. to me that's where the wealth is a hundred percent yep for me yeah you know um well and and i think you 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 keep qualifying like this is what it's like for me but i think you know you you can make a more blanket more universal statement that like i was just thinking in terms of when, when you're on a set break you're connecting with people in the room yeah and for most of us when we're on a set break we're on our fucking phone i'm guilty of it it's you know and and i think uh it it might be a judgment call but i'm making it i think connecting with people in the room on a set break is generally more beneficial and wholesome for the oh, human man. spirit think of the experience <laughs> think of the experience because for me what happens is i i get to know somebody they're 
they're happy to, to, to meet me as much as I'm happy to meet them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and we, we, we tell, we, 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 you know, tell a story, whatever that story is, we're getting to know each other. And mm-hmm. then I go on stage. Now we're connected. Right. And the music benefits, the experience is, is benefiting yep. and our connection has grown from it. Yeah. Yep. Now they're listening with a different pair of ears. I'm playing with a different pair of hands mm-hmm. and feet. You know, uh, you know. Again, it's plentiful. It's it's bountiful. It's it's. I don't know. I can think of a million words. It's <laughs> it's huge. Yeah, and it's it's another way that um, I think um, there there are some ways that musicians don't do themselves any favors in terms of accessibility. Um, and I think it's especially true in jazz. People who listen to this podcast are also sick of hearing me talk about like the inaccessibility of a lot of jazz. Um, but being accessible to your audience, like not getting on your phone on the set break and just sort of being in the room with them is another way that you can be accessible to them. Cause like put yourself in the shoes of an audience member. Like you're at this bar, you're digging the band, you're digging the drummer everything's going great. They take a break and the drummer goes to the bar and gets on his phone. Mm -hmm. And you as the audience member who might want to, might have wanted to say hi to that guy, Mm -hmm. introduce yourself. Like you're looking at someone, Oh, he's on his phone. He's probably checking his email or he's sending a text or like, I'm not going to talk to him. But if you don't have your phone in your hand and you're just kind of like in the room, then that invites, it's another way to invite audience members and listeners like into the experience. Well, I, I'm going to take this a little step further and I challenge, I challenge the people that are listening to this, that are musicians. I'm not talking about only drummers because drummers are musicians. Of course. I don't want to just call them drummers. We are all musicians. I challenge all musicians to take a moment and say hello to a patron, Mm -hmm. to take a moment to just say hi, because I think when we're coming up, when we were coming up, at least I can just speak on my behalf here. There was like a hierarchy. It's like, okay, I'm the musician. I don't need to talk to people because I'm the one that just provided the entertainment. That is utter bullshit. (laughs) Utter bullshit. Because we are all the same. Yeah. We are talking about humans here. Mm -hmm. Just because... I've been playing drums, whatever, for however many years. It's irrelevant. Right. Just because I play with John Mellencamp or Stevie Wonder, or it doesn't make you any better than anybody else in that room that's not playing in this room. They are there to experience something that you are providing, but what you are getting from them is just as heavy. Yes. Yeah. And you are not able to do what you do unless they are there. So we need to get our heads out of our asses <laughs> and out of our phones yeah. asses and, 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 and connect with people. Yeah. Yeah. If somebody is being um, creepy, if they're being, it's like anything in life. If you've, if you're feeling a little um, uh, uh, threatened, I get it. You have an out. Hey, very nice to meet you. I got to go. Yeah. That's cool, right? But to have this kind of mentality that because we are providing entertainment that we are greater than anybody, too too cool to talk to. Right. So that is my challenge to the people that are listening to this podcast. Go and connect with someone that you might not know and 
you'll be surprised at how infectious that is and what that does to the vibe in the room. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, you know, what what you get from them is just as heavy because, you know, you can you can view um interacting with audience members and reaching out to them in that way as, you know, like it's it's for them. It's it's a, you know, it's giving of yourself in a way. But then um, you know, just from a sort of purely uh selfish perspective like you're going to get something back you're going to get some validation you're going to get some fulfillment from them saying you know i'm i'm so digging the show or your drums sound great or whatever um so it's like it's a little bit of a an ego boost it's a little bit of nourishment for you uh yeah it's a cycle it's a cyclical sharing experience i've had this experience on this gig where so like i'm i'm in a pit Right. Yep. Like not only am I in a pit, I'm in a box yep. in the pit. So I'm disconnected from other musicians. Mm-hmm. I'm disconnected from the audience. And, um, you know, I, I, I really do miss being on stage yep. with people in front of people. Yep. But it's I, I have this experience almost on a nightly basis where like I'll be walking through the pit either to or from my drums. Yeah. And, you know, people from the front row are just kind of standing. It'll be intermission or before the show or after the show or whatever. And, you know, there'll, there'll be people people standing there. And I, I've, I've developed this, like, spidey sense of when somebody is sort of standing there just wanting to have some interaction yeah. with some member of the pit. Maybe they have a question. Maybe they just want to say, great show. Maybe they don't even know why. They're, they just kind of... And if I just make myself available to them... You know, if I just kind of make eye contact, eye contact with them and do the little head nod, like, hey, what's up? You know, just like a split second of yeah, that yeah. invites them in and they'll say whatever they wanted to say or ask whatever they wanted to ask. And, you know, sometimes we'll talk for 10 minutes. Sometimes it's just a 10 second thing. But, you know, making myself available to them yeah. in that way has been beneficial for me because a lot of times they want to talk about the drums. They want to tell me how great I sounded that, you know. Sure. Um, yeah. And in turn, maybe it, it, it spawns a conversation. Well, tell me about you. What's like, a, oh, we just came from, you know, we drove from Detroit right. to come check out this show because, we you know, we're big fans of Motown and we knew the show was happening. And tell me about, well, you know, it brings out a conversation. It connects you. Yeah. I mean, this conversation that you and I are having is I'm buzzing right now. <laughs> I am. I'm buzzing. Because I feel like I'm getting to know somebody very, very cool. Yeah. That's likewise. got a lot of depth, that's got heart, and that knows how to listen and knows how to say something. Or is it the rain? inspires me to also talk about crew members Mm -hmm. and what it's like to work with crew members and again i don't know where the separation happens there's this sort of unwritten kind of thing where it's like okay sound technicians uh lighting directors uh uh tour managers um you realize we're all connected yeah and we all need each other yeah and that it is important, in my humble opinion, to get to know the crew that you're working with. For sure. And not be an asshole. <laughs> you might be having a bad day. And they might zap you with some feedback in your monitor. Mm-hmm. It's not when you lose your mind and be an asshole. They're not intending to do that. 
I get it. It's part of their job. How many times do you play a perfect show? Zero. Okay. Yeah. So when when someone's trying to dial up your sound on a stage and they zap you with some feedback, are you going to lose your mind on them? It's going to hurt your ears for a second. I get it. I've been there a million times. Yeah. We need to be kind to each other. Everyone's trying to do the best they can. We need to connect with each other. When you connect with each other, it makes for a way better experience. Period. Totally. Whether you're sitting across from each other discussing life and music or whether you are performing, whatever the case is. Right. We've talked about um, the relationship with uh, sound technicians and okay. and how the... Um, you know how the how the relationship between drummers and sound technicians has started to evolve. Like more drummers have gotten more audio chops, basically. Yes. yes. Um, and so there's you know there's a dialogue to be had there, and yeah. and a better result to be reached if yeah. both parties are open to it. But in terms of what you're talking about, just connecting with somebody, like if you know if you load into you know bar X and the house sound person you've never met, like. If you can just connect with that person, introduce yourself, now you know their name, they know your name, the whole night goes so much better. It's huge, Zach. It's huge. <laughs> and I learned from from my peers. Yeah. Like, I was a lucky guy. Like, I was playing with a lot of older musicians when I was a young kid. Mm -hmm. So I, but I also didn't have my head in the sand. Like, I, I was heads up hockey i was looking i was always looking around to see what people were doing mm -hmm. i was very observant yeah quiet but very observant and i i go oh, that works that work that doesn't work whatever just happened there that didn't work but when i learned about walking into a room and going hi my name is davide what is your name oh my name's john i'll be doing sound tonight or i'll be doing your monitors i mean hello you're when you meet your monitor like hi i'm deb i'm debbie uh uh you know, I'm I'm doing your monitors tonight. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Uh wow. Like you are we are gonna be best friends. Right. We need to be best friends. Yes. It's so important. Right, right. Um you setting up that relationship is and, and I've I feel like I've taken some sound people by surprise just in introducing myself. And it's not that like I'm I'm not by nature a super outgoing yep. sort of uh, make you feel good kind of dude. Like, <laughs> well, I I um, I disagree with that. But, well, but, uh, on a yeah. you know, okay, thank you. Yeah. Um, but um, I, I guess just in in relation to other people, I like you. You know, people who just walk in the room and they're everybody's friend. Everybody's you know they they make everybody feel good mm -hmm. just by being yeah. who they are. I, I'm thinking of one person right now that you, <laughs> that you might know, but <laughs> um, who? Do you know a gentleman named Randy Cook? Yes, I've interviewed him. He's that guy. Randy. He walks into the baked potato and it's hey everybody, <laughs> what's going on? Hey, how are you doing? Hey, how's it going? Yes. Randy. Randy is so funny because like I think what a lot of people don't well, a lot of people do realize that he is a motherfucker as a musician. Oh, for I'm sure. Emotional talking about because I love him. I adore him. Yeah. But the thing that really has always inspired that, 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 that there was a guy that I, I would look at, you know, when I'd walk into a room and see I'd see how he would interact with others. People genuinely love Randy. Yeah. And that was a real lesson. I mean, 
sometimes we overlook how heavy he is as 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 an actual musician. Mm-hmm. He's really incredible. Yeah, um, absolutely. But I think what we 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 all really sorry. I'm going to speak on my own behalf. What really entices me and what makes puts a big smile on my face when I think about Randy is how he makes how he made me feel, how he makes me feel, how he makes people feel. Yeah. He just pumps people up and makes everyone feel like a million bucks yes. and then some. Yes. So Randy, if you're listening, I fucking love you. <laughs> so in yeah. relation to a guy like that, yeah. I'm not that guy. But just um <laughs> just by saying hello to an engineer, I feel like so many engineers and drummers on the opposite side of the equation are ready for an adversarial relationship. They're gearing up for like, what's this fucking guy going to want? He's going to put me through hell. I'm not going to be able to do anything it's right. It's funny, right? Yeah, yeah. So they're they're prepared it's... for this kind of negative relationship. And by disarming it, by just like starting your relationship. Yes. You know, you put your cases down. Yeah. And you say, hey, I'm Zach. I'm yeah. the drummer. Like, okay, listen. I, I, also, I also understand that we are human. And sometimes we wake up on the wrong side of bed. Sometimes yeah. we have... You know, something that happens that'll affect the day, uh, you know, where sometimes it's hard to come back. And, and then before you know it, fast forward, you're, 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 you're loading in your gear on stage somewhere. You may have a little bit of a bee in your bonnet, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so I, I get that. Uh, it, it still doesn't excuse disrespectful behavior. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and... It, it can go like it can go one of two ways and you, you 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 want it to go the first way you want everything to be cool you want uh you know you want everything to sound good and if it doesn't sound good you want to be able to fix it <laughs> you know and if you don't get off on the right foot with somebody um that, that's it's, it's all hard to be come harder. back it's hard to come back isn't yes. it you know what you know what the other thing too is that we haven't talked about is you know do you know what people remember more than anything that i at least i've experienced in this life i I think i know where you're going with this it's it takes one bad experience oh yeah you know if you you make a bad impression yeah some theater in kansas city missouri they're always going to remember you yeah you're always going to have that reputation yep it's fucked but it's so true you could have a clean record you have one moment where you're a prick unless you own it next time you show up in kansas city missouri you know that you walk right up to that person you go i was an asshole i'm really sorry my name is davide i'm actually not like that all the time i had a bad day yeah i'm sorry i snapped on you Mm -hmm. can we start can we can we can we start from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that that point sort of dovetails with where I thought you were going, and you kind of alluded to it earlier. Like, people remember how you make them feel. Hello. They don't remember what you play or what you wear or what you say necessarily. They remember how they felt in your presence, and that can, that can work for you or against you. Um, and in the case of somebody like Randy... Or, you know, my buddy Ty Bailey in Nashville or my buddy Q Robinson, who I inherited this gig from. Like, those are people who just make people feel good by walking in the room. I don't know how they do it. I don't know if it's a learned skill. uh, But there are those people who just have that gift of making people feel good. In the cases of all the guys we're talking about, they also happen to be 
supreme badasses. Um, I often think about the story of Jeff Percaro. I never knew Jeff. I, I, I knew his father. Yep. But I heard all these stories about Jeff. And I still continue to sort of hear them from different people. And he was the badass of all badasses in, in L.A. for a long time. He was a community guy. Mm-hmm. From what I, I understood. I, I wish I knew him. Yeah. I really, I really do wish I, I knew him. He was a badass. The guy could play the drums. But it's not what defined him. Right. And... You hear stories about my- Porcaro. There, like there are some there are some drummers you hear stories about, and it's about you know their their prowess in the studio. Like he did this, he tracked X number of tracks in so and so hours. It was blah blah blah. And with Porcaro, like there are all those stories. But whenever whenever anybody who knew him talks about him, they talk about the fact that he lit up a room and made everybody feel good. Yeah, yeah. I think what that is is it's someone that really keeps knows how to keep their ego in check. Mm. I think it's someone that is silently quietly confident in who they are. Yep. And and um really truly understands and sees the bigger picture. Yep. Their heads are not up their asses. <laughs> essentially. Yeah. yeah, yeah. These are people that see the bigger picture. Mhm. Um, so, you know, Jeff was somebody that I, again, I wished I knew, like you can hear him on records and you go, wow, that's incredible drumming. Okay. Um, but you know, anyone that knew him, like you hear stories, Keltner, uh, talk about him, uh, Caliuta, you know, yeah. um, you know, uh, the list goes on. He Mm -hmm. was just adored, you know, worldwide. Yeah. Um, and that, those, those are the inspiring stories for me. Like I'm a big fan of, you know, if we're speaking, speaking specifically about drummers, I, I love the drummers that just, you know, are just maniacs. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> like, you know, um, but it's, it's the stories, uh, it's, it's the stories about them. And, and if, if I'm lucky to meet some of these, you know, quote unquote heroes and get to know them, uh, what a that's the stuff that actually again puts a big smile on my face and inspires me yeah you know you hear the same thing about gad like i've i've never met steve i've never met steve either but uh i've I've heard multiple stories from other drummers about how um just how awesome he is with other drummers like if he if steve gad comes to your gig He's going to be the first one coming up to you on set break. Just like, man, you sound so good. It's so great to hear wow. you. Like he is building other drummers up. All and you're like, the sorry, time. what was your name? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he made me cry. He made me cry. I only went to see him play once. Uh, hear him play once. He was playing with Paul Simon at this theater in, in, in Toronto. And he started playing 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover. And I was bawling. <laughs> I was bawling. I, I couldn't believe how beautiful he sounded. Yeah. But I mean, I, 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 you know, this is not a name dropping moment. Uh, um, and please, I just, I, I, I would love to mention this person's name just because he's also a very well respected musician, uh, coming from that same generation in David Garibaldi. Mm, yeah. And I've gotten to know him quite a bit over the last um, number of years. My partner interviewed him recently. Oh, I just adore this man. 
um, because he's this real trailblazer with the way, you know, he, the way in which he plays his instrument, the way he hears music, the way uh, he fits into this incredible band that we know as Tower of Power. Um, but for me, David is uh, a human being first, mm -hmm. first and foremost. And I was fortunate to meet him in Tokyo when I was on tour there with an artist named Holly Cole, and he was there with Tower of Power. We were staying at the same hotel, and we were there when the big tsunami hit. Wow. Um, so we became quite, you know, we, we, we got to know each other then and then have become um, um, good, good buddies over the years. Um, but whenever we're connecting, he'll always say, tell me what's going on with you. Mm -hmm. What are you up to? Mm -hmm. How's your family? Where are you playing? Yeah. What? I'm like, <laughs> he wants to know about, talk about a beautiful lesson. Yeah. You know, let's push aside the fact that the guy has been a trailblazer in this world of music. Yeah, he's, and a, he's a warrior god. Oh my gosh. He's inspired <laughs> so many people and won all the awards and, and yeah. blah, blah, blah. But when you really sit down with him as you have, the guy's got... You know, a heart the size of, you know. <laughs> yeah, what beautiful I cat. What I could compare it to. Like, he's just huge, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. And we've interviewed, um, you know, our, our focus is on, um, uh, you know, the ground level working pros. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes we land a big fish, a household name. Yeah. Like Garibaldi. Or, yeah. Um, uh, but, you know, pretty pretty much uh, in, in every case... Um, you know the the big names we've interviewed are just great people, kind souls. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a testament to just you know the the drum community. Um, I feel like dicks dicks aren't really allowed in the drum community. <laughs> I mean, it's not to say that there aren't um there aren't some, but um and the fact that like there are so many drum podcasts like <laughs> we all just want to talk with each other yeah you know? that says a lot too yeah but you know it's interesting zach uh, you're talking about uh, would you say dicks are not allowed is that what you said yeah, yeah. and that's probably not true no but... no 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 <laughs> but, but I, I can say if you don't mind me sort of speaking on that for a quick second yeah so when i was coming up like you know, people that had sort of attitude, let's just say attitude problems, uh -huh. you know, attitude issues, um, somehow were still able to work because they could play. Right. Well, the difference with this generation and the world that we're living in now is there are a lot of great players. There are more great players. Yep. And there is no room for people that have attitude. Yep. So... It, it's kind of, it's flushed all that out. Like, you know, it, it sort of doesn't, it, it may still exist, but it doesn't take long for someone to go, yeah, she's a great player, but she's not cool. Mm -hmm. She's not cool. You know, it's, it's you know, uh, it's difficult to tour with or, uh, or, you know, whatever the case is. Yeah. I can go on with examples, but, <laughs> but, but, but you know what I mean? Like, the, like uh, there's, Hundreds of people in line waiting for that gig. Yep. That are super sweet and that will 
create a beautiful environment on the road or in the recording studio environment. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think, you know, being being able to play competently is is obviously important, but um you know, being exceptional as a person is what's really going to sustain you professionally. Sure. Um you don't I guess you you don't have to be an exceptional musician because there are Tons, you know, there there are tons of players who play well, right? They're not unicorns. They're not Vinny. They're not Gad. They're like, you know, we all play well. Yeah. What sustains us? What keeps us afloat? What keeps those relationships going? Are, you know, just being just being cool. Being cool. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I we came out of the theater the other night, and um, there was some group. Um, uh, it was like a teacher. And she ran a musical theater department at a high school or something. And she had her phone out. And every actor that came out, she was like, do you have some advice for young actors? Wow. And, you know, everybody was given sort of great tips about about acting specifically or whatever. And she she came around to me and uh, <laughs> and I just looked in the camera and I said, show up on time and be nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because that's I mean, that's most of. That's most of my skill set. <laughs> and I haven't always succeeded in being nice. Well, but it's really huge, though. Are yeah. you kidding? I mean, show up on time and be nice. I like it. <laughs> I agree. It's about one o'clock. Do you have to go? Do you know where your children are? Yeah, do you? I mean, there's four of them. <laughs> so three of them are at school. One is getting picked up right now. Okay, cool. So, uh, I'm cool. I mean, how, how do you feel? Do I you, feel do you have, great, man. Do you have any other questions? Do you have any? You want, uh, do you want can... another cappuccino? <laughs> I think I'm I'm wired enough. Right on. Um, but man, like we'll we'll do this again. Uh, we there's there's so much uh, um, there's so much other shit I wanted to get to. Yeah. Uh, and we will. Yeah. Uh, but man, it was it was great to meet you. Thank you for hosting, and uh, it was great oh, talking to you, Zach. I, I gotta say, a total honor. And it's called the Working Drummer. Is that what it's called? Yeah. The podcast. Yeah. I will get into podcasts because I, I don't I don't I don't <laughs> check out a lot of podcasts. Yeah. But I will check it out indeed. And uh, it doesn't you, count as social media. So you can <laughs> copy that. Copy, I, I, I get that. I, I see the difference. Yeah. But thank you, man. Humbly, real honor to speak with you. Likewise, man. Thank you. There you go. Davide Dorenzo. As I was walking away from his house, I deleted Instagram from my phone. I'm sure I'll be back before too long. But as you might expect, the break feels good. And like I said, I'm going to try to talk to him again soon to get into more of the drumming and music that's specific to him and his career. I'm sure whatever he has to say about that is going to be just as nutritious as this was. We're taking next week off. After that, Matt Krause will be back in January talking with Dan Schinder of Drum Talk TV. Hope you check that out. Have a good holiday. Stay safe, stay sane, play pretty, and thanks for listening. Cheers. Cheers.